Support for the Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. Do you get tired of eating steak? or? No, but uh, like I was telling earlier, I'm from Africa, so I do appreciate almost everything I eat. I'm Robin Sessingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. This week, we're going behind the scenes of Tampa's legendary Burn Steakhouse. When you think classic, upscale Tampa restaurant, the first thing that might come to mind It's probably Burns. In 1953, the late Burn Laxer and his wife Gertrude opened what was then Burn and Gert's Little Midway. Today, Burn Steakhouse is one of Tampa's biggest restaurants, both in sheer size and popularity. Reservations fill up months in advance, and the restaurant is celebrated for its ornate dining room, its enormous wine list, knowledgeable wait staff, and attention to detail. The wine cellar is renowned with more than a half million bottles of wine. On today's show, Burns Chef de Cuisine Hab Hamday guides us through the labyrinth that makes up the restaurant's back-of-house operation. From the massive kitchen to the pastry department and, of course, the grill, Chef Hab even reveals his secret to grilling a great steak at home. This is a big operation. The restaurant seats 300 And Chef Hab, who grew up in the North African country of Eritrea, tells me they serve upwards of a thousand people on weekend nights. Do you want to walk around a little bit and show me? So, this is our kitchen. Our kitchen is huge. It's bigger than combined the whole dining room you just saw. We have so many stations. Uh, this is our potato station. So all entree come with baked potato. They come with a baked potato, onion ring, two kinds of vegetable. So the baked potato are baked in here. Two people will work in here. Uh, they're baked to order, and they'll be baking potato all night. So this is potato station. Looks like it's right near the grill. Yes. This is the grill. It's a uh, thirty square feet. We would have on a busy like a uh, when the count is over five hundred, we'll be having three cooks. And about seventy percent of our customer probably would order steak. They can cook 200 steaks at one time. We use a hard wait, door. Wait, wait, wait. Two, you said you cook 200 steaks we, we can, at a time? We can cook 200 steaks at one time. Even with 30 square feet, that be looks like that would be and a We lot. use all our the charcoal we use is... You use charcoal. It's not, is it gas or...? No, it's all natural lamb, hardwood, uh, lamb charcoal. What kind of charcoal? It's like a hickory, hardwood lamb charcoal. Ah. It's a natural charcoal. 
this is very very expensive than the one you buy from the store but this is uh, a lot healthier for our customer you know when you cook this the smoke that comes out of here the flame versus the other one this is a lot healthier that charcoal's made out of natural wood you're saying it's not this, this wasn't is, treated this, this this one is yeah wasn't treated with anything no see so you line the like the little pit with those we with fill them up uh, like I said the more you put the more the harder it gets we have very very few people that really knows how to do this it's very very hard you have to know uh, the fire you have you have to know uh, the quality of the meat, the color of the meat, the density of the meat. You need to know all of that. Some of them are could be like six ounce filet that's very, very dense. Uh, would take about 15, 20 minutes. When a server orders, let's say you want your dinner in uh, half an hour, he will order it, I need this by this time. So you need to know when to cook it. You cook in about 200 steaks, you cannot cook it, take it out and put it on the side and wait to be uh, plated up. You cook it, especially with this, the heat comes from the bottom. If you take it for a second, it will start getting cold. So it has to come from the grill to the plate. So you have to know exactly how long it takes you, how hot your fire is, where to start, how much crust to give it, and all of that. That sounds a little bit stressful. Uh, in a way it is. Okay, so let me ask you something. For the home cook, what's the number one thing you would tell somebody to make a good, a good steak? Number one is when you're buying the meat, buy the best quality. Don't go for the cheap meat. Buy the best steak you have, then depending on how many people you're cooking, if you're cooking for two, three people, you don't need a lot of, you know, a thick steak. I mean, the thicker, the better. Oh, the thicker, the better? To have a nice crust on the steak. If not, then uh, it's not thick enough. I would uh, put the meat in a fridge. A lot of people would uh, suggest uh, leave the steak room temp before you cook it until it's cooked. I would suggest leave the meat, get it as cold as possible, uh, then put it on a hat and cook it to have a crust all the way through, like a nice crust. Uh, that will sear it very fast without overcooking the inside. If you need it medium well, no color, you can do it that way, like room temp. But uh, you want it medium rare, get it as cold as possible. Uh, cook. When you cook it, you put it on the grill. Patience is very, very important. Let it sit. It's not going to burn. Then just rotate it like every three minutes or four minutes or even five minutes. Give it time to cook, to have crust. When you see it turning gray like halfway, then it's about done. You turn it over and you cook it uh, a little bit less time but the same way on the other side. Do you salt it before you grill it? With us, we use salt and black pepper. We use butter, we brush with butter, salt and black pepper, that's it. 
So you you seem like kind of a serious person. Uh, no, I'm serious with these things only. <laughs> really? They would tell now, you. now there's a big smile. <laughs> yeah, I don't like these things, but uh, no. You don't I'm like not. the interview? But I, I'm not a you know. I like more like a low profile, but uh, uh -huh. interview I'm not you know big fan. Not a big fan? Is that what big you said? I'm not a big fan of yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I really appreciate you doing it, though. Oh, it's my, very, my, my pleasure. It's very interesting to be back here. So, oh, my gosh. So, this is what I was, when I was, when I was telling you. This is a big food cart full of meat. Okay, it's just like a food cart, like a smaller, but this is huge. And this is the strip loin. Right here. Our French onion soup, uh, we make anywhere between 40 to 80 gallons at a time. We make it four or five times a week. And uh, we use uh, four different cheeses to finish it. These bags of onions, is this, oh, there's yes. a lot of onions piled up here. These, These bags of onion are 50 pound bags of 50 pound bag. And we use anywhere between, uh, I would say, 400 to 800 pounds of onion a day, depending on the number of uh, people we have. Well, we just walked into another tremendous kitchen. I didn't even know this was. We walked through a door, and now there are people who are, looks like they're making salads. This is the salad station. In the salad station, we have five people that work here. They make all the salads. Salads are, one of the reasons we have 70, 75 employees in the kitchen is everything we make is made almost from scratch. So they'll be chopping the lettuce today. They'll be making the salad. They'll be making 50 plates at a time. And they'll be making it until the end of the, uh, of the night. There will not be any salad made sitting in the cooler for more than an hour. Thanks. How are you? We are... Uh, oh, here's lobster tanks. Oh my gosh, it just doesn't, it doesn't end. All the stainless steel are made in our stainless steel shop. We have a stainless steel shop down the street. We oh. tell them like... This is a kingdom. This is, this is a kingdom. It huh? is indeed. This is, oh my gosh. Now, right here is a date when they were placed in here. Is, is this the dry aging room? This is the dry aging room. This is where we dry age. Does everything go through this room? Everything go through this room. Okay. So you, you, the, the, meat, the meat arrives and then it goes right into the dry aging. Arrives, goes into here. With the exception of the tenderloin, 
the tenderloin because they don't have too much fat. We put them like uh, the last week. We trim them, then we put them here for a few days, then they serve. The the date there's tags on all these. They all have the same date for these rows right this here. Is this is April eleventh. This are from April. This 11th. is these are a month. Been here a month. So how long will they stay in here? Uh, they stay anywhere between five to eight weeks. But we do have some meat on that side that's uh, uh, intent to be dry aged for over a hundred days. Will that be more expensive if it's dry aged that long? Yes, yes. Our yield is maybe 15 to 20 percent in that one. I, I can see my breath in here. What's the temperature? If people don't go in and out, it is supposed to stay between 32 and 36 all the time. Humidity control, 75%. That's why you see your uh, present here. Uh, these lights, they call the black light or the UV light. When you turn the light off, the light comes on. Uh, like I said earlier, to do this way, very, very expensive. Why is it, I mean, it's expensive for the restaurant, you mean, because they lose so much volume? Is that what you mean? When we put it here, we lose 25% of the weight, the moisture being evaporated. When we clean it, we lose the, another 50%. So let's say if you pay uh, for uh, steak $10, you end up paying about 40 I'm just giving you the comparison. Don't yeah. quote me on that price. Because you, because you lose, you lose so much of so the, much, of the so volume. Much, yes. yeah. But... So why do you? Why is it worth it? It's worth it because that makes us, you know, who we are. It is. It is so good. It's so tender. But when you do, it, when you do it this way, you do, you know you're doing it the right way, and uh, just there is no shortcut, you know, to get into that. This is a Japanese wagyu. Oh, that looks beautiful. That is a. A Japanese waigu. It's uh, from Miyazaki. Uh, it is uh, it's graded A1 through A5. A5 being the highest. Uh, the blood the blood marble called BMS is one to twelve. Graded uh, twelve being the highest. This is eleven, just slightly less than that. Wow. That, because that's what they have a coda. How much is important the country, and that's what we can get this time. Of ah, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of sides of meat aging in here. Okay, we need to go. It's too cold in here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Victor. Oh, feels so hot out here now. Our lobster, we'll get them from Maine and uh, we'll get them like uh, three, four times a week. Uh, however, a lot of customers will say we want female versus than male. They want the egg and everything. Do you have some uh, real Epicurean customers? You have some customers who know what they're doing. Oh, we do. We do. I mean, 
our, I mean, our people, especially in this, you know, this side of the town, uh, years ago, you put anything in the menu, very, very few people might try it. Now, nobody's scared to try it. They would try, they would jump in and try the new things. Everybody is uh, becoming foodie and they won't try a different food, different ethnic food and... Does that make your job harder? No, it makes more fun actually. Makes more fun and makes you makes you happy. You sometimes when you preparing the less appreciated meat, it's not fun. But then when at the end when you see the customer eating it, it makes you happy. What's your favorite part of your job? Uh, working with all the people. In the kitchen? In the kitchen. Work with, with all the employees uh, as a team. Uh, we know each other almost in and out. Like family, kind of. Like family, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Because you spend a lot of time here. Yes. Wow, it just keeps going. It just keeps going and going. Um, so a huge cauldron for the French onion soup. And this is our bakery. And another room with the bakery. Yeah, we bake all. Oh, this is a proofer. This is a bake oven, another oven. We just fill one cart, push it right into this. Now, we bring a lot of bread, a lot of bread for us with the steakhouse, uh, some for our sister restaurant Heaven, or uh, uh, some for the hotel as well. There is a dessert room upstairs. You like to go there? Let's take a look. That, that's my heaven, is the upstairs dessert room. Back stairs to the dessert room. Here we go. Oh, nice and quiet up here. So this was made in the 80s. There's a semicircular bar. Yes. Oh, uh, the bar. So they, they have their own menu up here? They have their, um, it's, it's, yeah, they have their own menu. So you eat downstairs, you come up here, it's like a uh, different new uh, restaurant. Wow. This right here is, we do our uh, laundry in the house as well. Oh, in-house. So oh my gosh, so there's five or six people in the laundry room. Yeah. This is part of the bakery. That's their big oven right there. All of a sudden it smells fantastic. Knock, <laughs> knock. Walk to another wait, door. Up some more up. stairs. So and this another is another part of the kingdom. 
Oh, hi. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is our pastry kitchen. Uh, Heather is uh, one of our pastry chefs. And you get what? natural light up here, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, that's the only window. Whoa, that's nice. <laughs> that is the only window in the entire restaurant. In the entire restaurant, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. So it's your uh, another little kingdom up here. So this would, yeah, this is where they do all the... Um, all the all the desserts for the dessert room? Yes. Hi. Amber, Amber is uh, one of the pastry chef. What is the most popular dessert? Our peanut butter truffle is very popular. And then, of course, the classics, the macadamia nut sundae and the banana cheese pie. Can you describe this a little bit? Sure, the macadamia nut sundae is, um, we make a macadamia nut syrup and we cook it for about seven hours in a big steam kettle. And then that goes into our ice cream base. And then mixed in with that is some toasted mac nuts. And then that gets served in a waffle cone upstairs. Over 300 times, over three years, was tested before, before you know, he perfected before you put it on the menu. Yeah. And now it's really popular, huh? Very popular. So no cutting corners. No. <laughs> if we do, we mess up or we get a shortage of ingredients. It hasn't happened now, but in the past, uh, a customer knows. They know. I mean, they love it. It's one of their favorites. Yeah. People come back over and over for it. What was the banana thing? A banana cheese pie. So it has like a praline almond crust cookie crust and then the filling is like a banana cream cheese filling with fresh bananas inside. Mm -hmm. That one is one of my favorite as well. Yeah that sounds wonderful. The banana cheese pie is one of my favorite. Creamy, smooth. What else is your favorite? What else do you like? Yeah. You know, um, do you get tired of eating steak or? No, but uh, like I was telling you earlier, I'm from Africa. So I do appreciate almost everything I eat. And when I go out to eat, especially now being a chef, I try not to eat the same food over and over, I try to try a different food. But uh, there is really no food that I ever turn back uh, because I don't like it. I'll turn it back because if I found something or other things, but not because I don't like it. Well, I'm interested why you said you know, I'm from Africa, so I appreciate everything I eat. We what don't you have, have? We don't have uh, the luxury that we have in here back there. Uh, you know, you eat same food over and over. You know, limited. You don't have a variety like here. Uh, that's even if you're fortunate, like I was when I was growing up. There are so many people that don't have anything on their plate. So. You still appreciate things, things change and it's different now than that time. I've been here since 1983, but uh, I go back and forth. You still see a lot of people. I mean, there are people like that in here to in the state, but a lot of us are so busy doing what we do, and we don't notice the needy one. For that reason, we don't. I don't know how many people appreciate what they got. But you do. I'm blessed. Guys, 
Thank you very much. It's Thank fun you. Up here. Thank you. Thanks, Taylor, Umber. Thanks, Michelle. What's cooking that we smell? Uh, they're baking some kind, maybe apple pie. Apple pie just got baked. Uh, brownies. Uh, little little baby apple pie. They look so beautiful. I guess the thing that impresses me the most is that you can you can cook in such quantity, but still with such quality. Yes, that is the best thing. You know, the hardest thing is, uh, this time there is so much shortage of uh, in the culinary industry. What do you mean short shortage? Employee shortage. Ah. Well, the hardest thing is maybe retain the employee you got. But uh, with us, we train them. Almost everybody knows exactly what to do. No shortcuts. Well, I want to thank you very much. My pleasure, Reverend. Nice meeting you. If you ever come, let me know. Oh, we'll we'll be here. That was Burns Steakhouse Chef de Cuisine Hab Hamday. That's all for today. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at The Zest Podcast. Visit us at thezestpodcast.com for recipes and stories that you might have missed. Last week, we talked to Ed Childs, the son of the late Florida Governor Lawton Childs and owner of several Sarasota-area seafood restaurants, about how his restaurants are experimenting with cooking wild hogs. It's a great conversation. Check it out. And be sure to subscribe to The Zest on our website or on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Robin Sussingham. Dalia Cologne and I produce The Zest with help from Craig George, Mark Hayes, and Megan Trimble. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media.